This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Nathan Baird. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right. Well, hello there. Good morning. Good afternoon. Maybe even good evening, depending on when you're listening. Welcome to the Behold podcast for, I think, episode 83, which is getting way up there. So Sean and Dan, as usual, and today we have uh, the one and the only, and some people don't actually know this. He's actually quite the master of puns at oh times, gosh. as we just learned. Mr. It's, Nathan Baird. Well, it's a master. It might be pushing it, but it is true that I'm infected uh, it was, it's a, it's a genetic disease I got yeah, from my dad. Sins of your father. Yeah. Yeah. Get, you want to hear, want to hear one? Sure. Uh, okay. Sure. So there's that, you know, that cheese factory that's on strike right now. Oh, really? they're, yeah. yeah. They're really upset about those pre shredded bags of cheddar you can buy. I hadn't heard about yeah, this. Yeah. Because you know, they put, they put additives to, to keep those things from sticking together. And so they're like, this, this is just, you know, the purity of our cheese is being, you know, messed with. So they mm. they went on strike and they, they got a bunch of hats and shirts that proclaimed their, their tagline for the strike, which you probably have heard of, you know, make America great again. So wow. let's just buy those blocks of cheddar and go Let's force it. them, force the force America to make them great their cheese. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you they, see what I did they, there? Yeah. A little, little, little <laughs> oh, cheesy for my taste oh, though. Oh, man. Uh, wow. Well, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> we might have to edit that out. I don't know. <laughs> Nathan, you, you have an exciting thing coming up uh, next week, just about. what? Tell us what that is. Uh, a vacation? Wow. Oh, yeah. Unheard of. Yeah, yeah, unheard here. of. I, I don't do them well, so I'm really excited to, to see what they're like. <laughs> uh, What's yeah. wrong with you? Why, why don't you, well, uh, you know, vacation? I, just, I, just, well, I think it's a holdover from being a teacher uh, because when you're a teacher you, and you go on vacation, you have substitutes. And depending on who you get, it might be twice as much work when you come back off your vacation. Mm, you have to undo all the <laughs> things all the, they, yeah. they wrecked. So, yeah, I don't know. And I, I, you know, I enjoy what I, I do here serving the church. So it's not um, uh, like I'm fleeing to the mountains. Are you going to an undisclosed location or are you keeping it <laughs> under your hat? Uh, it's so undisclosed. I don't even know what it is. Wow. Yeah. Surprise or just uh, you haven't figured it out? I haven't yet? figured it out. Still working on it. We had a, a okay. powwow last night at the family uh, dinner table. So <clears throat> nice. still still to be determined. But yeah, looking well, forward to that. Little R&R is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're looking forward to that for you. I'm with you. I'm a terrible vacationer. Like I do love vacations, love traveling, but it's a like less stressful for me to like stay engaged with work while I'm gone yes. than to not, you know, right. part of that is just a letting go. Anyways, looking forward to that, buddy. Hey, so this last Sunday, uh, it was kind of a special one. Dan and I were not in the church building, either of them, actually. Dan was not at the crossing and I was not at the Altamont. And that is because we were at the Good Guys Car Show and it was at the Alameda County Fairgrounds. And just for some clarity... And maybe this is this speaks to how much we didn't announce this well. People have asked, oh, there's a good guy's car show. Why was why didn't I hear about it? And just to put it out there, we do several of these a year, four of them a year, where we do church services at these good guys car show at the fairgrounds. And one of those services, the one in August, we actually shut down both of our campuses and we only meet at the fairgrounds. But then the other three, 
We continue meeting in our buildings. And then we also have a third church service at the Alameda County Fairgrounds. And it's just a really cool opportunity to, um, first of all, it's a, what a blessing that the organization of good guys is open to that and, and embraces us doing that at this show. But then, yeah, just a cool opportunity for people who maybe otherwise wouldn't to hear the gospel on a Sunday morning. So it's fun. Dan, how was the experience for you? Yeah, I really, I really liked it. I mean, it's, it's, it was just personally a nice change of pace just to be, I love, I love what I do here and I love the people I do it with, but it's nice to get out of the routine and, and be in a different place. And I thought it was a great crowd of people. We had a mixture of some folks from city team. We had some, some people that just came from the show, workers of good guys or exhibitors, we had a nice little uh, contingency of VBCers there, and my family came. Sean's family came. Um, a handful of I invited a handful of my neighbors, and a few of them came. So, some of them came in, uh, after the, the service was over because uh, I think for whatever reason. But we still got to hang out with them and connect and all that stuff. It was good, good time. So I was really encouraged. I felt like it was a it was a uh, engaging, responsive time of worship. Sean did a great job talking about our inheritance that we have, you know, in Christ and just the the hope that that produces for us. And he gave gospel opportunity at the end for people to trust in Christ. And it was a, it's a great time. Hmm, Sounds awesome. Is that your first time you guys, both of you being out there? I went once with the Ingalls. So the Ingalls, Bruce and Alice Ingalls, who are faithful Altamonters, used to head up the music for that. And they had an amazing ministry uh, with a full band and a lot of different people from VBC would serve in that way. And uh, I, I went out and played with them one time and it was really awesome. So a little bit of a different vibe more stripped down and, and chill. My friend Terry, who lives in Modesto and plays the mandolin and the dobro came out and, and jammed with me. Uh, so it was a little bit of a, of a more chill, folky, stripped down vibe musically. But I think it, I think it was fun. It resonated and for our listeners, a dough bro is not like some unbaked good that you have to yeah, fight yeah. with. It's actually a, a guitar that you slide right. Well, it's an actually, and actually, I misspoke because dough, dough, dough bro is like a is like a brand name. It's like a Kleenex. Yeah, you know, really, what it is is a tissue, right? It's a Kleenex is the brand, but we she just played a tissue. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I guess resonator is the official mm. musical nice. name of the instrument. Very cool. And Sean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy right there? Oh, Dan. <laughs> Have you met you forgot my name? <laughs> wow. All right. You do need a vacation. <laughs> Dan, yeah, it's my, my brain. My brain needs a vacation. Dan, Dan just kind of gave a little summary of your of what you shared, but what, what were your highlights as far as your uh, the content of, of the message? Yeah, you know, I was really aiming this uh, towards a group of people that maybe haven't heard the gospel before. and But I think that the beautiful thing about this passage is that it's, equipping and encouraging for everybody, whether you know Jesus or not. So write it down out there listening, chew on it later during your quiet time, Ephesians 3 to 14, somewhere around there. And just a beautiful chunk that, you know, Dan mentioned, I was talking about our inheritance and it's just a great all in package of this mm-hmm. passage of man, our father's heart towards us revealed his desire for us to be adopted with him, united with him, holy and blameless revealed his plan for that revealed through the redemption of Jesus's blood. And then man, at the end, the blueprints for how to access that inheritance revealed by our, by our trusting in the word of truth and then being sealed with the Holy spirit. So just a great kind of all in chunk for someone who maybe hasn't considered some of these things before. 
Yeah, it's great. So that's my that's kind of the, the the point of that message was, hey, there's an amazing God who has an amazing inheritance planned for you. Here's how He proved that heart for you, and here's how you get that inheritance. And kind of one of the things that I that I ended with that I think is important to point out is that sometimes when we talk about inheritance, we're talking about eternity and heaven, which is of course amazing. And while absolutely we look forward to that with eager anticipation, the 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 benefits. And that that work of the Holy Spirit doing that guaranteeing of our inheritance that's to come, you know, that down payment as the, the Greek is, that starts the, the the second that we do that process and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I actually referenced a chart made by my my good friend Nathan Parrot over here <laughs> that that talks about all these different things. And I kind of separated them into two different categories because earlier I talked about this kind of inheritance is different than just money. Mm. This kind of inheritance is it's talking about identity and talking about ability. Hmm. So in your chart, I separated. And there, here's things that are about our identity. Like, man, we're forgiven from sins. Our God is for us. You know, he, he will never leave us. And then there's other things that are about ability. Like, man, we, we can access the Father whenever we want. We have hmm. the ability to heal human division. We have the ability to view suffering in a completely different way. And yeah, so just a, a fun time. And then like Dan said, we ended with just a call to faith and so hopefully for someone out there, it was that pebble in the sandal that we always talk about and yeah. they'll consider these truths later. That's great. Wow. How encouraging. But anyways, we're not here to talk about good guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're chewing on Sunday morning, which funny enough, since Dan and I weren't there, Nathan, you are going to be our, our guru, our, our Gandalf, guide. if you yeah. will. Uh, the interpreter, or not the interpreter, what's the word? I'm, I'm going to pass on to you and you guys can ask questions and and uh, we'll chat through it. So, yeah, so um, Charlie spoke through 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 13. And um, it's a great section, getting near to the end of our Love and Liberty section, by the way. Shout out to all the Love and Liberty groups. Um, we are um, kind of rounding the corner. And uh, in this section, Paul starts off by giving a picture of uh, the Israelites and comparing them to us or in this case, to the Corinthian church. And so uh, verses one through five um, are just Paul saying, hey, these, these uh, are our fathers. We're all under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the clouds. So just this historical retelling of what happened when they left Egypt out of slavery, out of bondage. Um, they're set free and they were immersed into Moses and his, his ministry, his leadership, his connection to God. And they all had this manna, the spiritual food, this magical God God produced uh, food from um, that that just appeared every day for them to eat. Um, water miraculously came from the rocks. There was uh, all kinds of miracles happening, um, and uh, and so they had this amazing experience of being set free and called out of bondage to one set of uh, rulers to this new freedom as people of God. And then he says, but God was not pleased with most of them for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So that, that status of being rescued into a new way of being because they did not fully embrace it and continue to trust, it actually resulted in judgment coming on them. And so Paul sets that up because he's talking to the Corinthians and he says, don't be like them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he lists a, um, a few things um, not to do. And so Charlie, Charlie, um, when he was sharing about this, kind of framed it, um, these these five things um, using the term um, loving, how to love effectively. So we're, we, we effectively love by one, maintaining proper desires, two, remain loyal to the Savior, three, remain sexually faithful, 
Four, cultivate humility. And five, embrace gratitude um, because they had grumbled in the desert. Mm. And so I, I just love that idea of, of kind of taking you back to our title, Love and Liberty, that, that Paul wants a certain type of life to flow out of this fact that we've been set free. And what's really interesting is and, and beautiful that Paul pulls out, he says um, that all these things happened to the, to the Israelites and were written down for our benefit. And he says, on whom, for us, on whom the end of the ages has come. The end of the ages. And that word end is telos in Greek. And it's like the, the, um, the meaning of something. What it's made, the purpose of something. That uh, there's a word teleology, which is the study of the purpose of things, and so the, the word is. It's not like end, like meaning the end, mm. done. It's the the whole purpose of history has been to culminate in the work of Jesus to rescue and bring all people back to life with the Father, mm. and so we're now in that. We've been rescued from one kingdom, just like the Jews were. We've been brought out of slavery, and now Paul is saying, "But you're living." in a way that's not faithful to this new way of being, and you're kind of enslaving yourselves back, going into these temples, as you recall back in chapter eight, eating meat in these temples. Mm. In the next section, uh, Charlie's going to be teaching at the crossing this week as well. And uh, he is going to talk about how uh, Paul's going to connect that temple worship with idolatry, which is why he's so adamant in this section about, hey, don't do idolatry. Don't connect yourself back with your former spiritual slave masters, live this new way and be faithful to this new way, experience the, all those riches that Sean was sharing at the good guys. That's cool. Yeah. I love, I love being able to just have that perspective historically of, of looking back at Israel and, and just saying, I don't know if you guys ever feel this, but I think a lot of times when we look back at Israel, you know, it's hindsight's 2020 and we look at them. We're like, it's 2021. Yeah. (laughs) But we look at them. We're like, we're like, man, what a bunch of idiots, you know, like, and I think we can, we judge them pretty harshly. Sometimes we're like, how could you blow it? You know, how could you wander? How could you be so sucked into these, these pagan rituals or how could you be so unfaithful to God? You know? And I think, I really appreciate you looking back on the the story of redemptive history for a lot of reasons. I mean, you see God's commitment and his faithfulness to mm-hmm. his people, that his love is steadfast and never wavers. And, and sometimes he has, to, he does some things, he allows some things to happen to, um, to ultimately redeem his people and bring them back. Right. But I think also we can, it shows us a lot about ourselves, right? It, sh- it because I think a lot of times the same things that we get after, you know, like, come on, man, to Israel, we're guilty of the same things personally. And so it gives us an opportunity to, to hold a mirror up and we can see where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause I feel like sometimes I, I think a lot of us can relate to that. And it's almost like, man, you people, you, God has performed miracles for you time and time again. Like, how could you deny him? You know? But then I wonder right now if any of those people, you know, are our cloud of witnesses, if they're looking at our lives and saying, <laughs> you fools, the Messiah has come. Like, look at what God has done. And you're ignoring him, you know, yeah, and you yeah. look at, it's probably the same exact thing. It's funny. Oh, well, and he says it's, it's actually kind of worse because like we didn't have the Messiah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Christ. We didn't have the, the indwelling Holy Spirit. We didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit. Yeah, you yeah. do. So we're actually kind of a better off. You know, it's funny that you, um, Dan, it's almost as if you were, you were, in line with the heart of Paul, hmm. because Paul includes at the end of this passage, um, he says, no temptation has overtaken you 
that is not common to man. Right. And why would he bring that up? Because he's just talked about all these other yeah. humans just like us who have experienced, you know, they're from a different culture, different time, but they're basically the same. We, we're in the we same this, net. We're the same net. Yeah. All this propensity this uh, that comes out of our own turned in way of thinking um, and, and, you know, loving ourselves rather, rather than being lovers of God. Yeah. Um, that, that's the... Yeah, that's that's why the Bible, the the this, the the writing down of this, that's for our good. Why it works. If they were a totally different species, it wouldn't even work, you know. But mm. we're no, we're the same, same boat. Yeah, Sean, when you look at that that all those lists of of like, hey, don't be like Israel in this way, you know, like which which one of those sticks out to you, you know, as being personally kind of like convicting, you know, in order to love effectively. Which one are you kind of wrestling with in terms of, I don't know, those those examples? Yeah, you know, I think, well, just first to look at the whole list, it's interesting because I think this is maybe one of those passages and one of those Sundays that someone might hear this and think like, not again, here's a list of, of, of don't do's, you know, mm-hmm. more, more guidelines to be a good Christian. And it's just sad because... It, it only is that way if you're removing the the relationship with Jesus from the equation, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's almost like picture your marriages, you know, there's a lot of things just like in this context, you know, even the same ones, really embracing proper desires, keeping your spouse in this case, central to your life, keeping purity, cultivating humility in your marriage, embracing gratitude with your spouse. All those things are conducive to a beautiful relationship with your spouse, you know, but, and if you take away your love for your spouse, then they all are a drag, you know, why would anyone want to have to work hard for all of these things if they don't love who they're with, you know, this whole thing. But on the flip side, if you do have a relationship that you're cherishing and you're focusing on and you're loving them, then this should just be a natural outpouring for you, you know? So that'd be an encouragement for you before I answer your question, Dana, just if you're feeling that way of man, more don't do's, then just again, return to the person of Jesus and cultivate that love for him. And then instead let it be just a beautiful part of that relationship rather than a don't do is to be Christian. Yeah, that's a word. That's a word right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think just uh, kind of with that in mind, actually, with my marriage and whatnot and just other relationships in my life, I think just the idea of humility and gratitude, you know, cultivating humility and embracing gratitude, um, it's, it's something that's on my mind frequently as far as the Lord goes. And I just think it's has a lot of power to both transform our perspective and heart and relationship towards the Lord, but also has a lot of power to point others to him. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think those two things like, man, the way that we demonstrate humility and the way that we demonstrate gratitude, especially in hard situations or when we're being threatened or whatever it is more than so many other situations can immediately make someone go, what's different, you know, what's going on here. And then, then you point them to Christ. So yeah, I think those two are particularly on my heart lately is just yeah. humility and gratitude. Well, that, that's, that was one of the ones I picked too is, is, is gratitude. And we did this little, um, Usually we do a couple weeks on, on gratitude at the, at the gathering around this time of year leading up to Thanksgiving. And we, we call it our, um, our humbly grateful, grumbly, hateful series or, and so Jason sing the did, song, sing the song. Yeah, no, I'm not, I don't even know it, but there's a song about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, Jason. <laughs> but Jason was focusing on Thursday, just about how gratitude is a weapon that, it, that it can fight discouragement and it can fight, um, self-centeredness and it can fight, um, 
you know, anxiety and, and he, and it's just something God's been really teaching him. And, and as he's been practicing it, he's just seeing it. He's seeing it all throughout scripture that mm. it's this, it's this powerful, you know, thing that we can use to combat whatever, um, whatever is, is ailing us, you know, spiritually or emotionally. And so uh, that's something I've been really thinking about too. But as I look at this list, man, just the, the idolatry thing, you know, pops off to me because, I don't know. It just reminds me of Isaiah 44. And I've been, I've been reading this over the last couple months a lot lately because it's just, it shows us, I think it's easy for us to read the Bible and be like, man, God is, he's so like, he's so into himself. Why is he so focused on us worshiping him? Why is he so um, just, you know, hung up on, on, on us being, he's a jealous God, you know, like, why does he want our, our love and, adoration and affection so much. Like, is he insecure? You know, is he, you know what I mean? Um, and there's this, uh, Harold Best writes this, this book, uh, it's called, um, uh, music through the eyes of faith. Hmm. And one of the arguments he makes in that book is that as he's defining worship, he he's talking about we, whatever we worship ends up mastering us. Right, it, it, we we become a slave to whatever we worship. Um, and in another one of his books, he 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 talk he makes this argument that um, human beings were created to worship, and we always do it. We never stop. The question is, who or what is the object of our worship? Yeah. Right. And so, if that if both of those things are true, then it shows us why God hates idolatry so much because there's a futility in it. Right. If I worship, uh, if I worship success, right, well, then I'm going to be mastered by that pursuit. I'm going to, it's, I'm going to be a slave to me getting ahead and no matter what the cost is. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's a bleak existence. Maybe, maybe I worship myself, right? Maybe I'm the center of my universe. And what are you, then what are you enslaved to? Well, you're enslaved to your desires, Whatever your body tells you you need, whatever opinions or thoughts you have, you're handcuffed by those things. Mm. And, and, and that is a bleak existence too. Yeah. And you can go down the line, whatever, I mean, it, it, you could go back to um, that, like a pagan kind of worship where they build idols with their hands. Like I love Isaiah 44. It talks about, you know, Isaiah is like, let, let me just, let me just explain something to you. Okay. Let's just, let's just, let's just walk through this whole idolatry thing. Okay. Imagine uh, a skilled craftsman. With his tools, he melts down the metal and he cuts the stone and, and he makes this little figurine, okay? Well, while he's working and doing that, he, slay, he gets hungry. He gets thirsty. He has to stop. He has to take a break, okay? And then he takes what he made and he puts it on the shelf and he, and he worships it, right? And then he's like, what about like the, the, the um, you know, like the, the, like the woodworker, right? He, he, maybe he goes out into the woods, cuts down a tree, okay? Uh, half of that tree he cuts it up and uses it to make a fire to warm himself and make his bread. And then the other half, he turns into an idol and he worships it. And he says, help me, save me. And, and <laughs> Isaiah is trying to help us understand, do you see the foolishness in this? Do you see the futility in this? So for me, like, man, <laughs> worship is so central to our life and everything else kind of flows out and, and revolves around that. And the only object of worship that will ever produce life and joy and love and, and peace and hope 
is the one true living God. Like there's no other object of worship that we can be pointed to or, or mastered by or, or centered around that is ever going to produce anything good. Uh, Isaiah says, those who fashion an idol are all futile and their treasured things are of no benefit. Even their own witnesses fail to see or know so that they will be put to shame. Who has fashioned a God or cast an idol to his benefit? Behold, all of his companions will be put to shame for the craftsmen themselves are all mere men, you know? And it's just, it, I think it's, this is like the, I don't know. I'm more and more convinced of this thing. Like if we're ever off in some way, right. If we're, if we're like drifting or we're, you know, stuck in a rut or, or we're having a hard time loving people or we're just like in a bad place, I'm fully convinced that it's a worship problem. Mm. Like we're just not in awe of the living God. We're not surrendered and, and adoring and living for and being mastered by the one true living God. We're, we're, it's a worship problem. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're putting our, our, our eggs in, a, in, in the wrong basket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kind of online science. What's this? What's this uh, podcast called again? I forget. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Starts with a B. Behold. Behold. Oh yeah, behold. <laughs> the, I mean, this is kind of uh, the theme of this whole podcast for however many episodes we've been doing now, right? There, it's what you, the way you see, and we use the word "behold" as a C word, even though it's with our minds. We're beholding right. the glory of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and so. Well, it's not just a mind thing too, right? It's a heart thing too. Well, you, right? in, in the sense you have to perceive something yes, first. Yes. So that's that's a function of our of our imagination mm-hmm. and our, our so our, our reasoning, thinking, uh, imaginative reality. That produces, if we're seeing clearly and rightly, that produces a heart response. And so... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> You're like drifting I'm away drifting from, so from the mic. I'm giving him sign language cues. <laughs> I was like, what is he playing with his microphone? What's going on? <laughs> Get in there, baby. Okay. <laughs> At least we didn't interrupt the flow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but when I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I, I, everything you said was beautiful. Mm. I, I totally, totally agree. The only thing I wanted to nuance was when we talk about uh, adoring and worship we have to know what it is mm. that we're worshiping. Yep. We can't yep. just, there's not just, it's just not the practice of ah being in awe. It's what, are, why is it producing awe? Yeah. So what's the fuel yeah. for it? So the end of this passage that Charlie taught, he says, God is faithful. Yeah. Oh, suddenly the, the ability for me to resist temptation comes back because of who it is, this mm. faithful one, just like he was faithful before with the children of Israel, even though they, rejected him. He is faith. He is the faithful God, or he's the one who is loving. And you brought up the comparison between uh, idols, right? Versus the true worship of the true God. Why is he better? Well, it's because if you're Zeus, we know the story of Zeus. He's written about in and shared about in, in Greek writings, right? He, he, uh, sleeps with your wife. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> he, you know, he, he zaps you and turns you into things. If you don't do what he says, um, if even if you're his friend, he doesn't want to irritate his brother, and so you might be up the creek, mm. right? He is uh, uh, self-centered. Uh, all, all these all these horrible things. So when you're wor- going to him for something in worship, you are basically going to somebody who uh, is more powerful, stronger than you. You're hoping to placate them mm. or to get them to be on your side, 
one of those two. That's kind of what you're doing. Mm. But the God, that Yahweh, the God of the Bible says, hey, here's what I'm like. I'm, I'm, I'm long suffering. I'm forgiving. I'm gracious. I'm faithful and steadfast to my love. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm loyal to generations of, of, mm. of those who love me. And he says, but I don't, and I, and I don't put up with injustice. Right. And so when you come to this God, you, mm. you can, t- if you're being ab- oppressed, abused, he's worth, he, he's, he's glorious because you know, he's just, he's not going to let evil go unpunished. He's faithful. He's the faithful. And so mm. constantly bringing to mind as this section does that what he's like, why, why is it? Like you were saying, Sean, you know, in our, your human relationships, why is it that embracing gratitude is great? Well, gratitude is just being thankful for all that he's done for you. It's bringing to mind, recalling his goodness and an actual detail of what has happened in the past. Um, it's just not a, a general sense of, oh, I feel grateful. It's I'm grateful because of what you've done for me in Christ. I, um, I want to know, I want to rest in that, experience that more, um, why, why humility? Paul, uh, I think uh, Charlie said his definition of humility was um, having, a, uh, having a proper understanding of yourself in relationship to who God is. Mm-hmm. Well, man, that's, that's, you're, I'm loved. He's my father. He's my creator, but it's not a position of power over me. He's the one who has rescued me, who calls me into his, his presence. So there's this continual, uh, again, all these mean that I'm thinking about the one that I'm engaging with and who who he is. And then, like you said, Dan, you become like what you worship. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. such a good reminder. And it reminds me as both you were talking first, Dan, and then you're talking, it reminds me of, um, just chunks of what Piper writes in desiring God. Have you guys read that book? And if, I think it goes hand in hand with this hand in hand with this topic of, you know, that our joy and our worshiping in our relationship with the Lord should be a natural outpouring of knowing who he is. Like if we're really seeing him right, like you said, Nate, or seeing him rightly and seeing his faithfulness and his promises correctly, then we can't not respond in out of this awe and gratitude and joy. That's just, we can't not. We're, we're built this way. Um, it reminds me of a quote in, in Desiring God. And just to be clear, not everything in this book I totally agree with, but so much of it is such a just amazing reminder of the joy that God intends for us in, in walking alongside him in life. And this quote has always been kind of convicting to me, but it says the, the pursuit of joy in God is not optional. It's not an extra that a person might grow into after he comes to faith. It's not simply a way to enhance your walk with the Lord until your, until your heart has hit upon this pursuit. Your faith cannot please God. It's not saving faith. Saving faith is the confidence that if you sell all you have and forsake all sinful pleasures, the hidden treasure of holy joy will satisfy your deepest desires. Saving faith is the heartfelt conviction, not only that Christ is reliable, but also that he's desirable. It is the confidence that he will come through with his promises and that what he promises is more to be desired than all the world. You know, I love that chunk because it just reminded me of what you just said of we have to know his promises and know that he's faithful in his promises. And that's a natural. The part that I don't like is just the, 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 just it's a verbiage thing. Oh, it's not saving faith. To be clear, just because you're not feeling joy does not mean that you have not been saved. That's where it can be confusing. But anyways, all I have to say, 
just, I think it's convicting and a reminder that this is how life should be. It's not this like level up of Christianity of now you're experiencing joy and you're praying all the time. It's no God intended from the very beginning for you to be walking in joy with him. And like you said, Dan, if you're not walking in joy and experiencing joy, then something is wrong with you and God on a relational level. And it's never going to be on God's end. Mm-hmm. And it's usually Satan distracting our hearts and minds, like you said, so that we can't be worshiping him like we're, like we're supposed to be. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, what's that old adage, right? Like if those that don't pay attention to history are like destined to repeat it, right? And so I think God's so kind in, in having this story of redemptive history and just say like, hey, let's, you know, <laughs> let's let's not fall into the same traps, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and ultimately it's it's for our benefit that, he, that he's desiring that. Something I've been thinking about in regards to this passage the last few weeks is how much, <laughs> how wimpy I am <laughs> mm. <laughs> and how, you know, when I'm, fa- when I face temptation or trials, um, you know, Paul says here, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. Yeah. And then he says, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. So the the way that's written is for every temptation, there's a specific way to escape, not some general way to escape. Mm-hmm. And then the whole point of that is so that you may be able to endure it. And I realize that a lot of times I kind of start to give up mm. before I've I've let that that uh, endurance kick in. Yeah. And yeah. how how yeah. quick I am to get discouraged through my own failings, my own temptations, um, past failures, or or yeah. just the you know our current moment with all this stuff going on in our culture. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, um, it's, I forget. We're looking for the off ramp. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. As soon, like, how can I get out of this, this as soon this, this, as I possible? Like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting in, in the outline and, and I wonder how, how Charlie handled this. So we talked about in our teaching team meeting last week that the Greek word for temptation there is, is interchangeable in other places in scripture with the word trial, right? So like there I've heard it described before as like they're opposite sides of the same coin, right? Because, and I thought about this, like, have we, have you ever gone through a trial that isn't at the same time a temptation? Hmm. Have you ever been tempted that isn't at the same time a trial? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so- You say say test too. Yeah, a test, exactly too. And obviously we know that God will never tempt us, Right. right? But God will allow trials. He'll bring trials into our, into our situation and- and I love, I love the uh, perspective from Hebrews 12, right? That, that it, when, when God is doing that, when he's, when he's allowing, I mean, and, and, he, and nothing happens outside of his command. So, so he's not tempting us, but he's allowing us to be tempted. Just like Christ was tempted in the desert, right? God didn't do that to his son, but he allowed it to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was, there's a process that God wants to do in us. And so when, when God is disciplining us, like in, like in Hebrews 12, the end result is a peaceful fruit of righteousness. That's what the author says, right? But he says, there's, there's a caveat. It says, those who have been trained by it mm. get the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Mm-hmm. If, and so I think about it like this, like we're under this process of God, his loving hand that is allowing this to happen. And we're constantly, I think the, the human element is we're trying to get out of that. Where's the, where's the exit route? How can I, how can this thing be over as soon as possible? And I think sometimes it's reflected in how we pray. Mm. Sometimes we're like, let this thing end now, like Mm. ASAP, right? As opposed to saying, God, 
let your purposes be accomplished in this person or in myself so that, so that we can get that fruit of righteousness and, and help us to partner with you in that so that we're not resisting it. Right. That's good. And so we have to go through that whole thing. And, and it's like, it's a, it's a, again, talking about humility and submission. It's like, we're submitting ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Right. So that we can go through this process of him growing us. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely identify with that wimpiness. Like, and I see it a lot, you know, in our, in how we talk to each other. I think we're such a comfort driven society. Sure. <laughs> we, we love to just be leisurely and relaxed. And if something is, is, uh, bothering us, we can go to the store and fix it, or we can go on Amazon and buy that thing that'll make it better. Or we can just, uh, cancel that person or unfollow them on social media and then turn it on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know, as opposed to like, dude, let's, let me just persevere through this whole situation and like trust that God has something really good for me on the other end. It's almost like we should embrace and boast in our weaknesses. Wow. So the power of Christ may dwell upon us. Someone said that somewhere. That's amazing. Anyways, uh, you know, that reminds me of um, just the idea that that we should be expecting those tests to come. You know, that it's not a foreign thing. And then when they do come, we're, we're, we have this mindset where we're, we know this is a part of life and then we know the purpose for it. Hmm. It reminds me of um, 1 Peter 4 where it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial which comes to test you as if something strange has happened. Like, no, we know this isn't strange. We know why this is happening. And so we can have the right heart and mind when, when it does come. And yeah, just just the, the reminder of, like you said, how we pray about things. I think we can do that before the trials and in the trials, you know, but of just, Lord, I know that if you're going to allow me to go through suffering, it's going to be for for my growth and for your glory. Mm-hmm. You know, and are we praying that way? And absolutely. I mean, we can rightfully pray, Lord, if it's your will, please end this trial quickly and also pray. And, and until that happens, use me as much as you can for your glory. Give me humility and submission and all those things. Nothing wrong with praying for like cancer to end or whatever, yeah. if it's in alignment with God's will, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like uh, uh, someone I know who prayed once. Um, let this cup pass from me, but mm. but not my will, yours be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that was Jesus for the right. Oh, thanks, yeah, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this, uh, there's this um, sports apparel company called Under Armour. You guys familiar Under with them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they make like all kinds of stuff. You know, dry fit T shirts and compression stuff. Is it actually stuff. armor though? Well, you could make an argument that it is. It goes <laughs> under your armor. It goes, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and their slogan right now, have you heard, do you know what it is? No. The only way is through. That's their slogan right now. Hmm. And if you look at their marketing campaign, it's, it's basically like, if you want to get to where you're going, there's no shortcuts. Hmm. You got to hustle, you got to work, you got to grind. There's, you got to go through the process Hmm. to get to where you're going. Hmm. And I know I've just been thinking about that a lot lately. That is... Because th- what you just said, Sean, like we, um, I think a lot of people would say, oh man, that sounds like so harsh. And it sounds so like, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to boast in my weakness. I don't want to um, rejoice when I'm going through a trial or a temptation. And I think we, it can seem so um, foreign to our uh, human psyche, but 
if you just look at nature and just how things work, it actually makes a ton of sense, right? In order for something to become what it needs to become, it has to go through a process. You can look at a seed like growing into a, you know, a, a plant, or you can look at how a diamond is made by pressure, you know, or you can even look at like how a, a, the human body, you know, grows muscle mass. You have to break it down so that it can be rebuilt. You have to, you have to like essentially traumatize your muscle, you know, and work at it hard. And that's the only way you can get stronger. You know, that, that's interesting. And it's interesting that there's a, a constant temptation to do the shortcut, right? Like what, like money making schemes sure, sure. or like, just take this vitamin, Hill, vitamin yeah. supplement. You'll be like, you know, Charles Atlas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he, he was an old, old muscular guy. No, that, that dates you a little bit. I think. Well, I just read it. He was in comic books. Oh, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. No, yeah. no, that's so true that everything has a cost mm-hmm. and then the, the rewards are worth the cost. Right. Yeah. And I think another angle too, with that to think about, I'm just going to take it back to the relationship thing of like. Yeah, we're not saying just sit there and and bat on yourself all day. You know, that's not the point here. Yeah. And but it only becomes that if again you're removing the relationship with Christ out of it. I was just talking to Christy about Patty a second ago before this podcast. We we're talking about create creativity. And I'm like, man, I am actually some people think I am. I'm really not a very creative person. I'm just not. I'm good at some things that like go hand in hand with that, but on its own, I am not creative. And I'm happy to say that. And one of the the blessings in my life is that Patty is so creative. She is a creative genius. And how she's creative is such a beautiful pairing to some of the skills that I have in our marriage. And, and I've seen the fruit of that so many times. So for me to say, I'm not creative, I'm not just just putting myself down. I'm happily saying I'm not creative because I can give glory to my wife who is creative. And same thing with this context of suffering with Christ. Don't just say, oh yeah, I'm weak, period. But I'm weak and then hallelujah because Christ will give me strength and help me endure through this, mm, right? Mm, mm. Well, and, and maybe go to the whole Under Armour thing. Um, Christ has gone through something that we could not go through. So no matter how hard you wanted to defeat sin and death on your own, you would never be you able to. couldn't do it. Not yeah. even with Under Armour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's why we're in Christ. We're in Christ. And so we receive all the benefits that he accrued for us. Yeah. But on this side of that equation, we have, an, we have an option. We have a choice. Do we want to experience joy in that or do we not? Yeah. Do we want to grow in that? Do we life? want to resist it? Or or, or or embrace it. Yeah, embrace it. Yeah, and so well, like, that's doesn't it, and where's that where's that passage where it talks about Jesus being a forerunner, right? He kind of like he's a trailblazer mm-hmm. for us, firstborn of all, of all creation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and and um, even even the idea that Paul Paul says on numerous occasions, I I want to suffer with Christ, or I complete in my body what, mm-hmm. what the sufferings that Christ lacked. Not that Christ was deficient in that, but that he is, Paul is so immersed in the life of Jesus that he recognizes that as he's going through things, that's Jesus going through, through him and he's experiencing that fellowship. And so rather than trying to avoid suffering, Paul, Paul says, I want, I want to know Jesus so much. Not that I'm making up for anything. I'm I'm not paying him back. I'm experiencing his life more fully, man. Cause what is it? What would it be like? I, I just, you know, Jesus says, Hey, turn your other cheek, right? Mm. And, and, and forgive your enemies who arm you. And what would it be like for, to be able to go through some really hostile, um, evil, nasty comments from people or, or even physical attacks mm. and yet not revile in return? I would, I would have a deeper understanding of the God that Jesus 
represents, mm. right? The, the one, this glorious one that yeah. is worth worshiping because he gives himself, he trusts me with him, his son. He trusts, Jesus trusted, trusts us with spreading his kingdom. I mean, what kind of God does that? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, and it's interesting because we, we, we love the idea of sharing in Christ's glory and his resurrection life and his victory. We love that. But we're like, suffering, sharing in this? No, I don't want that. We resist that. And, we, and that's not how it works. Yeah. Like if you yeah. want to share in his life, then you also are going to share in his death. Right, yeah. there, there's a we're united and immersed in Christ in that way. That passage I was I was thinking about is from Hebrews six. It's the the end of it, and it just talks about uh, how how God's promises are sure, and that basically that God is it's impossible for God to lie, mm. right? And, and we can trust Him. And it says in verse nineteen, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place beyond the curtain. Right. And that's a reference to uh, the old, you know, the old Testament form of worship or just the old covenant form of worship where, you know, the priest would go in and, and, and make these sacrifices for atonement and for worship. Well, Jesus has gone in on our behalf once and for all to that place. And, uh, and it says in verse 20, Jesus is our forerunner on our behalf. He's become like the ultimate high priest mm. for us, you know, um, King and priest. Right. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I think we, and, and again, we like that idea. We like Jesus, you know, being blazing, blazing the trail for us in terms of the the good sounding stuff, right? <laughs> the the stuff that, that makes us excited. But we all, if we like that, we also have to embrace the hardships and the trial and the suffering because it's, it's all part of that process of God making us like Jesus. Do you think that... Um... Maybe one reason we we're not down with the suffering part is because we kind of romanticize Christ's suffering in a way. Mm. Like, well, yeah, but but that was because he was dying on the cross, mm. right? Instead of I'm just I've just got this thing I'm dealing with at work, or I'm just this in this mm. health, health season or financial difficulty. Like, it's almost like no, no. Uh, any every opportunity is a chance to trust God, yeah, and to trust that He's going to be faithful to bring you through. Yeah. the end, just like well, Jesus. Well, and, and what about what about the other ways that Jesus suffered, right? Isaiah says that he was a man of sorrows. He's acquainted mm-hmm. with grief. And I think we've, we fast forward right to the cross. Yeah. But what about all those accounts in the gospels where he's rejected by his, his family right. and the people in his yeah. hometown? Yeah. What about the constant criticism that he was under and the attacks that he was under from, from the religious zealots of the day? Yeah. You know, what, what about people that abandoned him? You know, there was times when Jesus was really popular and people were eating, you know, hanging on every word, eating out of the palm of his hands. And then there was times where what he said was too hard for them and they left. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you think, what, what about, yeah, what about the yeah. doubt and the disbelief and the failures of his, of his disciples? People. You know, like, don't yeah. you think that hurt him too? Yep. So, so those are things I think we can relate to a little bit more in terms of suffering and, and disappointment and trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Most of us are not going to be crucified on the cross. Thank God for that. Yeah. But there's other sufferings that Jesus was well acquainted with that that I think are more of parallels for us. And if we, and I think part of it too is those grander things 
that we might we might think of as like suffering for the gospel. Like right, right. when I when I sh- I go share, I would go into a country and I take Bible, I smuggle Bibles in, and I'm captured. Sure, sure, sure. Like like you could fantasize about right. what what that might be. Well. You're probably not going to be ready for that. Yeah, some people are doing that. Obviously, <laughs> you, need, you need to be. You yeah. need to be kind of building a, like baby steps, right? Totally, um, totally. I was thinking. I was. I was out uh, taking a walk this morning, and I was thinking about what group of people in history have been the most reviled by the most number of different countries. Mm. People, can you think of what what people group has been most reviled? <sighs> I don't want to say it because I, I, <laughs> I was just thinking like the Jewish people. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking of too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And t- you could argue today that the most persecution is about Christians. That's that's true. Yeah. But um, but I think over history we'd say the the group of people that's been the most reviled has been uh, the Jewish people. Yeah. For different reasons, sometimes unfortunately by uh, people who say that they're Christ followers. Mm. Um, but now think about what would it be to be part of that group. And then to be reviled by that group, within that group. Wow. Who who is the person who was reviled by his own people? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's, Christ, it's Jesus. Yeah. So man, yeah, that's kind of that whole uh, mm. deep, deep suffering. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I, I'll ask you, Nate, something, and, and this is something that I struggle with, like because I think it's it sounds bad, kind of like okay, but you know, obviously we understand scripturally and experientially our children are a massive blessing, incredible blessing. Mm. They give us so much life. They show us the father's heart. I mean, I, I, I'm fully, fully understanding that, but, but don't you think parenting is challenging, right? Oh, yeah. And, and it's, and it's testing you and there's yeah. trials and temptations everywhere. So like as a, as a, as a parent who has more kids than I even have, right. Which I, I, some people think three kids. Wow. That's a <laughs> lot of kids, you know, you have eight, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, so at last count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Exactly. So, so don't you feel like even things like that, they're just a part of our everyday life that are even blessings. They're also suffering. Yeah. It, like we suffer for our kids. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and opportunities on the road. It's not like, uh, you know, Hey, welcome to the, to the, uh, the new fatherhood, Sean. Welcome to that. And just know that as soon as you get used to certain things, they'll be off to the races with some other uh, concern as mm. as your daughter's growing and as you're changing and your other things are going on. There's constant. There's no static place for uh, for humans because mm. we're, we're not we're on this side of glory. We're changing. Everyone else is changing. Circumstances are changing. Right. Everything's going like that. So. So if we ever think, oh, I'm good, I've I've solved the problems, you know, <laughs> I, I I think I've grown in my humility over time. Not that I was, you know, proud offering advice or or insight before, but just recognizing that, you know, I'm good right now. But come talk to me in a year. We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll see how things are going. And if you know, if if that advice, it may have been good, but now the things have changed. Totally. So that that thing. But what doesn't change, I think, is this God who is faithful. Yeah. And that we recognize, okay. Um, Whatever I face, he's already go, gone ahead of me. Mm. Whatever I face, he is not allowing anything to crush me. It's It will produce good as I, like Jesus, continually entrust myself to mm. the one who judges justly. And that, that in, in that process, that's why I think you're right. It's another one of those double-sided coins. You cannot, you cannot separate glory in, in, in the Christian reality. You cannot separate glory from suffering. Yeah. That's they, good. They, they go together and it's not, we shouldn't, so we shouldn't be running away from suffering. We should embrace it in the way that Jesus did. Um, because like what happens if you embrace glory without suffering, 
how do you get glory? Well, you'll become you'll become a yeah, we're gla- looking for the shortcut. It's the diet pill. It's the diet pill. I'll yeah. beat you up. Yeah. So I get uh, I so I get the glory of being the bait, yeah. most the strongest one. Mm-hmm. Or I'm gonna gonna uh, manipulate you so I get the glory of being the smart. Or, or it's one. a it's a it's a quick fix and it's a cheapened glory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm so glad you said that, Nate, because one of the things I was going to mention was just as you were just reminded by both of you, man. Every situation in life on earth exists with the potential for us to give glory to God. You know, every single trial you'll ever encounter is an opportunity to glorify our Lord. And I think that's one of the questions that we should ask ourselves more frequently is, am I considering this situation, insert whatever it is, as an opportunity to glorify God in Christ? And whatever that is, whether it's a relationship issue, you know, a health trial, your kids, am I viewing raising my kids as an opportunity to glorify God in the world? And maybe you're not. And maybe you're absolutely, you have honorable intentions of, man, I want to care for them and bring the best for them and teach them good values and all those things. But are you really putting that fine point of, no, my kids exist Mm -hmm. for the glory of God. My, my stewardship over them exists for the glory of God. That transforms that that relationship to suffering, like you said, it just gives us a wider insight. And I think God is so kind to give us uh, just a, a serene endurance when mm-hmm. we do that process in any, any trial of understanding, no, this, this exists for God's glory. And something about that, kind of like you were saying earlier, that, that head knowledge and right understanding, I think produces fruit in our heart of being able to, to do that process without having to be this big drag, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, is that an earthquake? That was an earthquake. Sure was. Wow. Dude, we are having an earthquake right wow. now that on was, the podcast. That was a big one. Dude. That's probably the biggest one I've ever felt. Oh, after like, It's after still going. Six. Really? Is it right? 89. It's still going, dude. Yeah, since the Loma Prieta. I remember that one. Sheesh. That uh, well, Lord must have really liked what I just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I kind of, I want to add something to that because we were just talking about glory yesterday in our teaching team meeting. And um, the idea of glory, it can be, to me, it, it can often be used in a kind of Christian-y kind of way. It gives, you know, give glory to God. And we have, we're not clear what, what do we, what do we mean? But and what it means is um, giving people a clearer picture of what God's like. So that's how we give glory to God. So as a father, if I respond to my child who's being, um, you know, ang- rebelling, pout- pouting, whatever, and I, and I um, respond in anger and just resentment or something like that. I'm not glorifying God in that little suffering because I'm choosing to respond in a way that doesn't show how God actually responds. Wow. Right. Or, or if I'm, if I'm complaining and grumbling, I'm giving people the impression that God's not good. He doesn't care about me. But, but when I, when I respond with thankfulness, even in the midst of suffering, I'm actually saying to people explicitly and implicitly, the God I serve, he sees me, I'm loved. He's mm. going to walk with me through this. It, uh, it's not, it's not, um, this is not the end for me. Yeah. And uh, that glorifies God. It shows people the truth about what God's like. That's yeah. what it means to, glor- to glorify God. That's so good. Hey, speaking of glory. Um, so the earthquake was two miles away. Okay. Do you guys want to guess what the, what it registered on? It's two miles away was the epicenter. What okay. do you think it was? Uh, I want to say like S- six or seven. Okay. I was going to say 6.4. Wow, so maybe our building is just really like not very stable. <laughs> it was only a four point one. Good to know. Wow. Well, two one. miles away. I think it was close. It's, it's, it's pretty close. close. It's two miles yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. That is true. It's two miles so away. So hopefully you're okay in San Ramon. Whoever, <laughs> if you're listening and you're in San Ramon, hopefully you will. We will rebuild. 
Yeah. <laughs> 4.0. They'll be all fine. It's 4.0. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I, I love that reminder. And as we're getting ready to wrap up, um, yeah, just uh, maybe my last nugget is from Jeremiah, just on that that chunk of boasting, you know, and having right understanding of our strength and weaknesses. So the reminder in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 9, what the Lord says to him, he says, um, you know, let not the the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. So yeah, kind of in line with what you were just saying, man, let that be what we're boasting on and leaning on. And through that, giving glory because we're accurately portraying the steadfastness and faithfulness and all those things of, of, of our God and of Jesus. That's good. Slap me with wisdom, you two, before we sign off. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm spent. That was, that was, that was great. That was yeah, great, that's great. Great, great way to end us. Yeah, what a great conversation, you guys. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy you both and yeah. I, everyone listening. I'm, I'm so thankful for you who are listening and hopefully you've been encouraged and challenged. Yeah. Hey Nate, why don't, maybe why don't you give us a little update on what's happening with the Love and Liberty groups? Oh yeah, great. That's Thanks under your purview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know you sent out a, a note. The I other did. Day. Yeah. yeah. So we're wrapping up in a few weeks here, getting ready for Christmas. Um, and you know we we pitched this at the beginning as a short term group, and the, the the rationale behind that was because a lot of people because of COVID had been out of community and just an opportunity to to, to make some new connections. We've gotten a lot of new. Uh, people of coming to both campuses. And so that's a huge success, although there's st- uh, still a lot of people who haven't been able to, to participate. So as we're wrapping up, um, we just want people to be thankful for their time. If you love your group, we want you to keep meeting. <laughs> we're not like making people stop, but uh, we also want it to be a time of rest. You know, maybe plan a plan a hookup uh, together sometimes as a, as a group. Um, yeah, that's what my group's going to... I'm going to pitch that to my group tonight. Yeah. It's say, hey, let's let's take Christmas a yeah, let's take a little or, Christmas break. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a couple fun things, and then we'll pray about what happens in the new year. You know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then and then we're we'll do a, a couple series, two short series, and then in February we'll start up um, another group. So that could be a chance to get back together again if you if you're taking a break or start a new group. And maybe if those of you who have participated in a group and you've experienced what that's like, uh, maybe you'd like to host uh, your own group. Yeah, next, next so they time. can kind of branch off. And, yeah, and, so, and, yeah, we we'd like yeah. more. There's there's plenty of people who ha, who have not uh, got connected and, and new people who've come since we started. So we love it. Um, the more the merrier. And um, I think the, the benefit of these short term groups is to again start to can reconnect, get deeper, and enjoy each other as we talk about um, the word. Yeah, one thing too, just a quick little testimony. And I, I know um, what was that couple that shared a couple weeks ago about their their testimony with love. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was Eric and uh, Kira Hollenbeck. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is my own little 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 uh, opportunity to testify. So my my group has just been awesome, and and what we all kind of agreed on in terms of just uh, a vision and, and philosophy of our group is like we the last thing we wanted it to become was just another thing yeah. to do or another place to yeah. show up or yeah. another thing to add to the calendar. You know. Um, we really prayed and asked God to just cultivate a, um, just a, uh, like a desire to be there, like some, mm-hmm. like something to look forward to, yeah. you know, just like life giving joy producing, um, simple, you know, fun, encouraging, like 
And it's just been so cool that God has really honored that. Mm. And um, we we have a group of about 15 and, you know, sometimes we'll get nine people, sometimes we'll get six people, sometimes everyone will show up. And it's just been, um, yeah, life-giving. Yeah. Yeah. That's what ours, ours has been too. It's fun. So, uh, depending on life things, we just had uh, some twins born. <laughs> to one of, nice. Uh, so shout out to um, our, our, our new babies uh, yeah. from the Altamont campus. Um, but uh, yeah, just, just a place that people come relax to talk and share our lives. Last week we shared our, we went around and, and kind of tell our, shared our testimonies. Cool. It was just really, really great. So yeah, I hope, I hope it's been restful and that's what we kind of want. We want people to enjoy being together and in, in the process of that, it's purposeful. It's not, we're just showing up and, right. you know, drinking food and, or drinking drinks and food, <laughs> uh, drink, unless you have a liquid diet, pull out yeah. the blenders. <laughs> pull out the blenders. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, um, that, that, I trust that the, the word of Christ dwelling among us richly as we share in, in our lives and what God's doing, that builds us up and gives us that that um, joy and, and also that gratitude. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, and just really quick, unrelated, but kind of related on the topic of childbirth. I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, here, the the staff of VBC, we are currently celebrating and praising God because those of you who know the Moog family, so Josh and Heather Moog, Last night, uh, Heather had her baby. She had her daughter at 6.30 p.m. And I'm looking at pictures. I just got texted of her, a little cutie. Hey, hold that picture up to the microphone so that everyone yeah, can, can see. You guys, can you guys feel it through the mic? Mm. It's, it's, mm. Anyways, yeah, she had a, just a, a great, relatively short labor and delivery process and baby's healthy. So if you know the Moogs, send them a text just uh, encouraging them, congratulating them, and pray for them. And yeah, we're just excited to meet that little booger. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Excited to find the name. One day, maybe yeah. we'll hear the name. Yeah, someday will. it's un- unreleased <laughs> those mogs they march their own beat you know <laughs> uh all right guys hey thanks for tuning in we hope that this has been like we're reminded of uh just encouraging for you and helped you to behold who our god is who we are in the face of that and what that means in our lives so catch you guys on sunday as we near the end of our love and liberty series and gear up for our new christmas series and then hopefully catch you next week on the podcast mm-hmm Ah. Peace and love. Love y'all. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.